again. Well, okay. Nikki, what's the crack? You're uh, you're you're live now. Well, you're not live. Oh, you're, uh, you're podcasting. Hello, everybody. Um, yes. <laughs> good evening. Um, for right, so this is this is just a technical experiment. Um, and and it's also a way because a fellow was asking me during the weekend, what do you do when you're podcasting? And I'm going, well, well, you just do you just do it. And I'm I, I'm just surprised at the amount of people who actually talk to you. Really, I mean, you, you... <laughs> yeah. <Fuck off>. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if to bleep that out for the podcast or if ah uh, no, leave it explicit. in there. No, fuck it, it'll be grand. I. <laughs> You go, I've said it now twice within two minutes of starting the exactly. podcast. So, uh, Look, all I can say is don't fucking say it again. All right, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is a technical um, a technical rundown of, of some of the things that I've found interesting in the past week. Anyway, right? Yes, because you've been a busy man. Well, no, so it's, it's not relating to what I've been doing. Although, let's let's start with that, right? Well, you so, have. Right. We can't not talk about well, that. I suppose so. As, as he keeps being called Mr. Microsoft... Uh, the CEO. I think it's easier. Yeah, well, it's easier it's calling e- that. It's than, easier to call him that than than his name, than Satya right. Nadella. That's Satya Nadella. Uh, he's an Indian fellow. No, he's actually now a, a citizen of the U.S. He is the CEO, the head and chief of Microsoft Incorporated in the world. Inc. Inc. Yes. Yes. So he was over in DCU on the St. Pat's campus, or the St. Patrick's campus, to give it its full title. Mm-hmm. Get it right, yes. Yes, sorry. He was launching, no, yeah, he was, he was launching and kind of re-emphasizing the global commitment to education, uh, a bit of accessibility stuff in there as well, which is nice. Um, basically, digital learning. Uh, well, just inclusion. back up for a second and tell us why he actually ended up in St. Pat's, because... You know, we didn't. But, we so didn't hear much. I have to he say, ended it was, up in St. Pat's because hmm. he was interested in what we are doing, specifically around digital learning, and the right. larger campus-wide push towards digital learning, and the work that I've been doing in there, and work that others have been doing in there, and you know, trying to push the Microsoft technologies or trying to use. More accurately, it's trying to use the Microsoft technologies to their best so that they mm. are accessible and available and functional for more people uh, in the classroom. So using OneNote, uh, the application there for, and it's uh, generally used for note-taking, but using it in a classroom environment for books and for exams and for keeping track. One of the cool is things Is it just like, like a notepad? Is it, it yeah, it is, yeah. It's a, OneNote's a, just an application. But you can handwrite on it. You can type on it. It's for rich media as well. So you can embed video on it. So here's the cool Ooh. thing, right? You know what? We were sent home and we were told, do that homework. And you could have yes. three or four pages. <laughs> and you're going, I'm bored. This is not fun. This is not interesting. It's not compelling or interactive as they would like. I did that a lot, Jess. Yeah, yeah. So imagine you're sent home now to do your homework. But instead of that homework being writing loads of stuff, it's... Go and watch that YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Go and read this stuff here and come back to me with questions tomorrow. Now, first thing you're going to say is, <laughs> thinking of a 10 to 18-year-old boy or girl, what are they going to do? They're going to wait. Now, don't generalize. They're, they're not all like you were. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I was terrible for doing homework. But generalizing from my perspective, I wouldn't be doing the homework at all. 
I would wait no. until the next morning and I'd ask people, well, tell me about this thing so I can answer questions <laughs> as they come up. Yeah. The cool thing is they can actually, the, the teacher can look during that night or during the morning or whatever. Oh, they know you've say, watched oh, it. Oh, you've watched that video fall through or, oh, you're interested in minute 10 to minute 12. I wonder why mm, that is. Oh, the cute whores, huh? Yeah, so they can actually go back and interact based on the usage mm. of that. And let's say Timmy hasn't watched Jenny because he's a lazy bollocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> language is not befitting, sorry. Tyler, you have to go to put a few beeps in here. <laughs> I probably will, yeah. No, I'll leave it in. It'll be grand. So let's say he doesn't watch it. Um, the teacher can say to him, well, why didn't you watch it? Uh, or equally, if somebody's watched it 50 it times, they can it. say... Yeah. Hold on, why why did you only watch two minutes of it? You know, yeah. or why did you watch it four times all the way through? Did you find it very interesting? And if so, maybe we oh, should. It's kind of intrusive, really, if they know how much times. Well, are. you see, it, it's intrusive, but at the same time, I think it's intrusive with with a benefit. It's intrusive mm. while la- allowing them to explore something themselves instead of giving them stuff to write out. And and, and this is all is in the OneNote application. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. So it's a big it's actually, version of Notepad that does a lot of oh, other things. Yeah, she, that's actually right. a good way of putting it. It's just a big, no, very big version of Notepad. Unfortunately, OneNote in its current form is not accessible. And I've had oh, to raise no. this actually. Yeah, because this is a bit of a problem for us. Um, mm. I should actually explain to anybody who's listening to this. Myself and Nikki are blind. We use an application called JAWS for Windows or NVDA depending on the requirements. Uh, they are screen readers and they basically convert the highlighted or interesting parts of a user interface to synthesized speech. And you can tell very clearly that I have given that explanation quite Jesus a number Christ. of times. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, OneNote started as a garage project, right, as, as they call it in Microsoft in America. And garage projects are basically... You get a certain amount of time allocated to you to work on whatever the hell you want, right? It's like that other thing you do do is that Linux thing, isn't that that that? Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. So because (laughs) I I must say, like my technical thing is not like yours, and you know, I'm I'm here to. That's why you're here. I think I'm here to be the kind of. uh, This is in plain English. He's talking Dutch or something. (laughs) Yeah, I do listen to him though. He's really testing me now. He's gone off on a digital thing there, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, a garage project is not governed by the, by the same Microsoft policies and rules, which gives them great freedom. Unfortunately, when something gets really popular, like OneNote has actually driven an entire product line. So the Surface Pros and Surface RTs were actually designed, first of all, with OneNote in mind. So the stylus, the double-click action on the stylus as well, were all envisaged to bring up OneNote and make that that interface really accessible and really nice to use as an electronic uh, pad. So that is, and I know I started this sentence with so, and Nikki hates that, but so that is actually the purpose behind OneNote originally. So this this digital campus or canvas, sorry, enables fluid um, integration of video, pictures, handwriting, sketching, keyboard stuff, dragging links into it, uh, copying and pasting entire pieces of websites into our web pages into it. It really is a very broad 
uh, canvas area. And unfortunately, because, well, fortunately, because it was done outside Microsoft's rules and guidelines, they could do whatever the hell they want, which enabled them or gave them the, the power to really think outside the box. The problem with that, of course, is they didn't integrate any accessibility with it. They never thought of accessibility because they didn't have to. But they the people who are behind it, them. the people who are, be are they open to somebody like you coming on board with them? Because this is a, a, a garage yeah. thing. You know, yeah, so they they've they've spoken about these these things called hackathons, uh, and hackathons <laughs> are yeah I know, hackathons are a way of working on a particular problem for a long time in a collaborative forum or medium, so that people are focused on a, on one particular topic or one particular subject. So hopefully that will mean that the next hackathon or one of the next hackathons based in dublin microsoft in dublin will mm. focus on this OneNote accessibility problem i have been told bluntly though that OneNote accessibility is not high at the moment on their agenda and there's reasons for that i think the agenda of accessibility in enterprise has become more prioritized which is good and i'm afraid of really pushing the OneNote stuff until some of the more pressing enterprise-based accessibility stuff is fixed. Well, that that is good. So we're talking we're talking <coughs> office here. We're talking for people in employment. That's where yeah. you're talking about enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. also, and the, that's needed. also the back office type stuff as well. So you know things mm. like system configuration manager, system <coughs> center configuration manager. Sorry, system center operations manager, uh, the Active Directory administrative center, all that kind of stuff. They're working mm. on that kind of accessibility as well to enable people who want to grow into the system administration type role to do that without being hindered by accessibility. Yeah, because you found it hard, haven't you? I mean, it's, at times... Oh, nearly impossible. You know, and I, I, we've talked about this. We've talked about your frustration at just looking at something that you know you should be able to do, but you just, you can't yeah. use the proper tool that you need to behind it, but I just can't reach the controls that mm -hmm. I need to, to, to reach. Mm -hmm. So they have, and, and actually when I met Satya last Monday... I said to him, here, listen, thank you very much for prioritizing accessibility, for bringing it back onto developers' radars. And he said, thank you. And he said, it's, it's part of one of his main ambitions and drives is the inclusiveness of of uh, technology or the potential inclusiveness of technology. And it's something that he's passionate about. No, he was there a sincerity there? Do you think that... Uh, yeah, do you think he didn't say he was passionate about it, but I felt that he was passionate about it because he really... Yeah. Like he, when I was talking about it, he grabbed me by the hand, by the arm, and he shook me hand. So one hand was okay. shaking me hand, and the other hand was grabbing me by the arm. He was okay. really like his his tactile body language. Maybe he just wanted to make sure the dog wasn't going to go near him. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the dog was the other side, though. I think he was fine. <laughs> he might have liked him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, listen, we're talking about accessibility far too much. Yes. Let's look at a few other things, right? Because I want go your ahead. opinion on something, right? Oh God. Google are releasing something called the Smart Home or the... What did they call it? Hold on, I'll go back to my notepad here. Google Home, that's all I call it. Go yes, Google Home yes. and the Google Assistant. Now, Google, when you search in Google, they keep a full track of your search results. Or search results, the, the links you click on, the things you search for... So if you have a strange fetish some Monday evening and you start searching... Oh God, I'm going to go and do something about that one. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. History and delete. Yep. 
Deleting your history mm. is not good enough. They they keep you know to you. They do, but in this country now, and I I think it's a European thing. We we have what's called the right to be forgotten. That is, and very I presume. True. Yes, and I presume that because we had a little chat about this earlier, and I, I had a little think. I I do think from time to time, and and earlier I I was thinking about this, and I thought, oh yeah, well, because because you were talking about this Google Home, and and I had my I had my reservations a bit. And I think you had to a degree, maybe, or or you can see where I was coming from, and I just then thought of the right to be forgotten um, clause, which has been inserted um, by by the EU. Um, and it means that we have the power to go and contact Google um, via a certain way. I, I don't know because I've never done it, but yeah. so we can ask them to delete certain things, and not not just Google, just delete any everything. search engine. Yeah, and we can tell them that we want them to take away certain things about us. We have to make a proper application yeah. and tell them why we need to be able to do that, yeah, or why they should right. do that. Yeah, and um, so I presume that because in I don't know. Uh, our friends in the US might tell us differently over there um, or, or in Australia or anywhere. But here, and our Irish Data Protection uh, Commissioner keeps a very, uh, our Data Protection Office um, keeps a very um, tight kind of policing thing on this because yeah, it keeps a Google, rhythm. yeah, because I mean, is, is there a headquarters here? Is, is Google's European? European headquarters here, yeah. Yeah, so we like to, when, when Ireland, Ireland does care a lot about data protection and, and, you know, they do like to police it a lot. So maybe this Google Home thing won't be so bad then if we have that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and that's in an interesting thing. I had thought of that as well. How many people will use it, though? And, yeah, I don't think enough. How many, it's... how many people will understand it? But, right, so that is a part of it. You know, the, the concerns about security, that is a part of it. Or the age groups. The age groups. How old do you have? Can, can kids use this? I don't believe that there's any age restriction. In fact, one of the things that they showed in the tape or in the tape in the recording of this was the entire family using it for different mm. things. You know, some a kid asking about their homework. And I think the system will recognize that child or that person's voice. I think I could be wrong there now. I'm, Would I'm you let your one of your kids now, for instance? You see, this is the question. This is this is what I'm thinking about this is. There's two, this is a double-edged uh, edged sword here, right? Mm. And I'm, I really haven't made my mind up on it yet. To Google, we are a source of advertising revenue. Mm. The way that works is, for anybody that doesn't know, when Google takes all this information in relation to us, they use it to target advertisements at us. Mm -hmm. So they sell those advertisements at companies who are buying them obviously now number one do i care that th that this is happening sometimes those advertisements are actually kind of useful sometimes they're not sometimes they get repetitive and they're really annoying you can you can subscribe to things like youtube red i think it's called to get rid of the advertisements for youtube for example so maybe it's okay that's still a way now, of them making money from you by the of way of course yeah of course there is also the thing of the retention policy and the duration of the retention, uh, the duration that they that they hold that data for, and the open door policy that they may or may not have with law enforcement. Now I have nothing to hide from law enforcement, and neither do most people. 
but there is the guards still... here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the guards. It's it's international as well. Yeah, no, I'm just but because you know, the data it, doesn't necessarily have to be stored in Irish. Certain law enforcement sounds more American. Just, yeah, sorry, you know. true. Over here we have the guards. The guards, yeah, the guards. Yeah, <laughs> the guards. <laughs> so that data may not be personally, you know, attributed well, to something that I'm I'm doing or about to do. But it's used to build up a picture overall of society and people's interests. And it could could be used to censor information in a small way. Facebook well, where I was coming from, where I, yeah, where I was coming from there a second ago wasn't just about that. But, but I'm just think, thinking of, of, of kids and I'm thinking of, of, of one of your kids who I would yeah. know would be kind of able to chat away and, and using this thing. I'm also thinking of my own uh, nieces and, and, and nephew. He's not capable yet of, of, of doing it, but my niece, my nieces, two of them possibly would. Is it going to use pictures and is it going to use, uh, it'll use your voices, obviously. Is it going yeah, to require no, pictures? And... No, it's a fully, it's a fully audible system. So you speak to it and it speaks back to you. Okay. Because with kids today, be so careful. Technology is is great and it's 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 fantastic and everything else. But like, uh, not moving off top. There's so much things that kids are, are are up to today, and not even in a bad way. But kids, there's so much things they can do these days. And unfortunately, the predators are still able to get in in the background. I mean, yeah. you've got kids on Facebook. You know, Facebook have this what is it, thirteen or fifteen policy yeah, or something? Yeah, but sure, I mean, kids are on Facebook from the age of seven or eight years old like and and everybody thinks it's fine and i mean but the people who think it's fine they're just talk to the facebook as well they, but they don't know what the child is necessarily looking at or who's befriending the child because today i actually heard of somebody i know um who would be into in the entertainment <clears throat> entertainment business and they have actually somebody has set up a a clone account pretending to be them but it isn't actually them at all. And they've got pictures they've taken from their account and details that they've taken to try and set up this clone account and to fool people to think that they are actually them. Yeah. And that could easily happen. So that's what I was worried about. But obviously, if it's if it's only an audible system, it's not going to have any sort yeah, that, of... Yeah, that would be hard to spoof somebody like that. Mm. But here's the other edge of the sword, right? I've forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, I remember again. Jesus, that was embarrassing. I don't think he's been drinking, but maybe he No, has. I haven't. No, I haven't. No, no. So, the other part of this is... No right? whiskey left, no. no. No, oh God, no, no. That's that's a story for another podcast, perhaps. Anyway, yeah, I just... Yeah. yeah. So, here's my other, my other thing about this. Look at Siri, okay? <clears throat> Look at Siri. Siri is great. But Apple have gone very public, public in saying... We are not using your data. We are not mm. harvesting your data. We don't want your data. That's You're great because I've asked you know. Siri some stupid questions in my time. Absolutely. Um, then look at Alexa. Alexa is by Amazon. Um, Alexa is very powerful. And actually, Alexa is the precursor to Google Home. Home, Google right. Google Assistant. Because it is the same kind of, you speak to it and you get information back. You speak to it, get information back. But they're, I don't think they're using your data as much. They're using it for Amazon advertising, but Google are selling it to third parties and the whole lot, I think. 
Okay, and what's Apple? What's Apple's story? I, I, like, I'll, I'll get it, I'll get back to Apple in a second. Alexa okay. no, aren't yeah. Alexa aren't, aren't as good as Google Home, but they have the ability to get quite good using what's called skills. Mm. So third-party developers can create skills. Mm. Apple Siri is not for the home yet. They do have Siri on the Apple TV for the US region and for Canada and possibly a few other regions as well. Not for Ireland, which is really frustrating. A year later, Ireland still hasn't got Siri on the What Apple do we TV. need Siri on the Apple TV for? Well, you could say to it, uh, play my uh, classical uh, okay. playlist or show me all films starring Denzel Washington or... Good man, play... Dara, go on, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's good, actually, wasn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, open up my um, Twit app, you know, Twit is, yes. a, is a good broadcasting network, twit.tv. So open okay. up that, for example. You know, you can you can have a load of different. Yeah, I kind of didn't think do. about that before I asked. But that that would be yeah. handy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just gotten into the Apple TV lately, and I've just I started. Like um, I, I love. Yeah, it. I've I've just started watching a particular series, um, which I've uh, I was wondering about before I ever started watching it, and yeah, I'm nearly five episodes it? in. What Sorry. What is it? <sighs> Orange is the new black. Okay, let, let's not judge him for his Apple No, I, 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 I'm only messing with you. I have no idea what it is. I must, I must look at it up. I, I haven't. Yeah, I'm busy doing other stuff. I, I have, I'm, I have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and actually, you know, don't judge me. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, no, no judging. I, I must actually look it up. I've heard it's go- quite good. Right. It's now, kind back of to my, back to my point uh, here, right? But yeah, so, no, the, the the TV is good, and that's what yeah. I meant to say. I'm just getting so, into it, so I. Yeah. I it, they're they're cool things. So back to my point here. The Apple TV is good, but it's limited because, or not Apple TV, Siri is good, but it's limited because it doesn't take information about you mm. as much. Mm. Google is going to be fantastic because they've collected all this information about you. They will give you information that's specific to you. So if you say, Google, hey Google, um, how long is it going to take me to get to work today? And by the way, um what do I have on today? And look up your calendar if you have it hosted in Gmail or something and say, oh, it's going to take you 45 minutes to get to work. And by the way, you have a meeting at 10 past nine, so you probably should leave in about two minutes. Um, and, and you better way, hurry take, up because you want your morning cup of coffee. Yeah, and take the M2. Well, if you have, yeah, it will do that because Google now will, can attracts all that stuff automatically. Scary, the record. It is very scary, but it's pervasive. Okay. In that, it's taking all this information and it's making use of it, which is a little bit frightening because it's showing you how much information they have. It's on like you. somebody watching me. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's a double-edged sword. Number one, do we want all this information stored about us? But number two, the company that's storing all this information about us has the has then got the ability to actually use that information in a really compelling user really user friendly way once we're happy that we've become a product of their advertising team could they use it in a bad way that's the thing their motto is do no evil their company motto is do no evil but i'm just not convinced in fairness i i i try not to let my personal biases get in the way of of anything because in the the tech, tech world 
you could need Google. You know, Google could need you. Whatever you know, you have to be willing to work. Yeah, but where but does it stop? Time, I'm afraid. I'm yeah. Where does it stop? I'm afraid. In ten or fifteen years, if we come back and talk about this, what what will it be doing then? Oh yeah, that's. There's no doubt about it. In the next ten years, AI is like, going to become the mm. new. The, we we think that touchscreens have revolutionized interfaces at the moment. Okay, and we think tablets are amazing and mobile devices have become so prolific. I guarantee you in 10 years, AI will become the latest and greatest mass adoption technology. Like me and you've talked, and I, I don't know if I would really trust it much, but like 10 or 15 years time, you'll probably drive over and pick me up and we'll go for a drive somewhere. And Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, both of us can't see an inch, but... The car yeah. will just take us. You know. Absolutely. So this is one of the things I actually wanted to talk about. This, that's an excellent segue. Wow, that's, you couldn't have planned that if you tried. Go me. That's the next thing I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> Elon Musk. Um, Who? Elon Musk. He right. owns a company called Tesla. Now, oh, yes, is, yes, yes. The car. Yeah, yes. He is a visionary if there was ever a visionary, right? This man has said he'll make gig this... Uh, this thing called a Gigafactory, I think it's called, which is a massive battery-making operation. Um, he's created batteries that power buildings, and oh, he's just an amazing man. Right. Now, somebody earlier, as I was talking, they said there's a very fine line between genius and madman. And in about 10 years, 15 years, we're going to determine if he's a genius or a madman. <laughs> I don't know, but either way, he's... Like, I get the impression from him that he's making all these lofty predictions, not necessarily because he thinks we're going to get there, but because he knows that it's kickstarting the project. Or the he's given somebody else the chat. Yeah, he may not right. be able to do this, but he knows there's somebody in the world who can. So the really interesting thing is, now you, I, I know we haven't spoken about this before, and I know you're going to go, what the hell? Elon mm. Musk has, has predicted <clears throat> that he will be able to send about 100 people or so to Mars and they'd be there by about 2022. So in six years' time, he's going to set up a mission to Mars. Well, For 100 people. Can, can we just give him all the people that are causing problems in the world and let him send them up? <laughs> no, he's talking about the rich and, rich and wealthy. Ah, and no, I know, things. but no, we leave them alone. Just leave them. Can we just get rid of all the people we don't just want first? Send all the idiots over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trump, I'm get sure on. <laughs> I'm sure there's room for them somewhere up there, and just leave them yeah. there. So, Let right, them but fight with he, each other with no gravity. He's talking and about find... using renewable energies, okay? To, yeah. To you know, to get the to keep the propulsion of the ship going. Mm. But look at how that feeds back. You know, he's saying this will definitely happen, and he's released a lot of papers with this, and he's he's as I said, very very visionary. But. Look at how it ties into his other big project at the moment, which is the electric car well, the and car, the self-driving yeah. car. Propulsion, guidance systems, <clears throat> all of that kind of stuff fits in with his other big, big project, which is the self-driving car. Well, can somebody ask him to make the cars have some sort of audible thing constantly turned on so that us blind people do not get killed crossing a road? Because that's very important. A lot of car makers actually have already enabled that. They have, but you can disable it. You, you the you car can, owner, yeah. I know yeah, somebody who has yeah. one, and he told me that he can actually decide whether he wants his sound on or off. Yeah, I do think that's that's uh, dangerous. 
But here's another thing to consider actually in relation to self-driving cars. If you're a, a, a sighted person in a car, right? You just want mm-hmm. the car to do everything for you, right? You yes. can look out the window if you want to. You can decide if something's happening, I'm going to take over. Okay. Mm. Even at, when it comes to the stage <coughs> where they're fully autonomous, there's a potential that you, that you could take over or at the very least hit that big stop button. Yes. Something that Google and Tesla and that need to think of is okay, they all say that driverless cars will help the elderly, the blind, and all the rest of it. They acknowledge that. But so far, I haven't actually heard any of them talking about any kind of audio descriptive service that would run inside the car. For example, mm. if you're coming to a lights, set of lights, telling you, if you wish, that you're coming to that set of lights. Because otherwise, how would you know if you're, why you're stopping? You don't know why you're, you're stopping, stopping yeah. because there's something yeah, happening yeah, on the yeah. road. Yeah. Or are you stopping because there's lights? Or same way, if you're if you start suddenly speeding up, are you well? Have they had blind people testing? Have they had blind? They've had a few token people. Well, wouldn't it be great if 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 wouldn't it be great if even somebody heard this and knew somebody, and then they would be able to kind of agree to come and talk to you if they knew that they you know absolutely yeah. But I've I have Google I've emailed Google and I've emailed Tesla about this as well because I no but no but just just to share their experience of what it was actually like. Well, I'd be really interested. I'd really yeah. be interested. But I think it's important because think of all the things that happen in a car. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a nervous passenger, but there are times I'll go, why did you just speed up there? Or why did you jump on the brake? Yes, I've been or, in the car with him when he's you, done. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to know that sometimes for your own safety, for your own security, for your own interest. So I think they need to look at that a little bit more. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely, and it would be they just need to mm. they need to just find a way of, of providing that in. Absolutely, and they should be looking at this now. So many companies have made the mistake. Microsoft are a big one actually of trying to bolt on uh, assistive mm. technologies onto an existing. <coughs> so now they have the, while they're making this, they can actually do it right. Well, I think one thing they have to do, and they're great at doing this in other countries, but here in Ireland, we last year. And there's a reason why I'm going on to this. We got this system which we, the state, spent lots of money on, and it's called Air Code. Yeah. And basically, it 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 gives us like postal codes and stuff, but they're tied down to every building in the country. So each person um, has a different Air Code, right? I presume it's Air because it's Era, which is the Irish for Ireland, Probably. right? Yeah. So it's Air Code, E I R C O D E, and. They're just ridiculous because our postal company don't want to use them. But yet we have advertisements on radio and TV telling us that if we have our air code by the phone, we can quote it to the ambulance or the fire brigade or the police car, whatever they, they need to come and help us. Who actually but do find home, it useful. Sorry? They do find it useful. Oh, yeah, they do. I just don't understand yeah. why the, the state who, who have a share in our postal oh, company yeah, don't give them a kick up the you-know-what and make them. Now, my whole point is we need to get a proper recognized system, harmonized kind of system, because I'm sure those kind of things could help in the, in, in the cars as well. And, you know, every building is an air code. Every road will, every district, there's a seven, our codes are seven digits. Now, they're not mandatory, so we don't have to use them. I personally think we should have had these years ago or we should have had a system that was used years ago because in every other country you go to, people are using them and it's brilliant. Um, so our codes are designed are seven digits and the last three digits are unique to your building, your house or something. And the first four are denote the area that you live in. So I think 
wouldn't they be very helpful for for a kind of scheme like that? For, so for that the, you're... for the self-driving car thing, absolutely, yeah. Mm. I think that kind of thing would, would be necessary because you'll need that mm. kind of very. Did you ever watch mapping. the Hunger Games? I mean, we'll all we'll, oh, yeah, in years yeah. to come. Forget about counties and forget about whatever. We'll all just live in districts and areas and <laughs> numbers and. So maybe okay, I'm, I, I'm getting I, just, too carried away now. Nah, yeah, you're right though. Getting back to the Mars thing, by the way, would you be interested in twenty twenty seven? There's a, a company or an organization called Mars One. Look at them on MarsOne.com there. Uh, twenty twenty seven. They're saying, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have people. We'll have boots on the ground on Mars. They're Your grand, inter- no. They're 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 looking at an intergenerational ship. Jeez. Right, so you'll be paired off with somebody there and go <clears> have at it and make us a few sprogs there. And sprogs can be taught to use the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. The, the sprogs will be taught to use the ship and maintain it and a whole lot. And then... Oh, no, I leave you to do all ge- that. No, a few I'm... generations later, then they'll... Uh, they'll <laughs> See what the wife says. Hopefully. <laughs> See what the wife says, yeah. No, I went years yeah, ago. I'm Mars, um, and then while I'm on the way, I'll have to, I'll have to knock out a few sprogs. After... After whatever that word is, no, I I remember years ago I went to one of the U.S. um, space and rocket centers. They have, I went to the one in Alabama, in Huntsville, and they they give you tours. And we stayed there for a couple of days. A few people uh, with me, and and ah, it was fascinating to see it all and everything else. No, I wouldn't be a big space person though. So you can you can go to Mars. I'll just stay here. I'd I'd love to feel zero gravity now. I really would. But yeah, so twenty twenty seven, uh, they're gonna send out, send a hundred people or two hundred people off, and look at Mars One. They're looking. They're, they'll tell you what they're looking for and the technology that they're gonna use and all that. It's just madness. Fair play to them. I think it's brilliant to have forward looking goals. I wonder you would you be able to play the pipes okay on Mars? Mm, will you, you, like Mars is even more inhospitable than Carlo. Yeah. No, but gravity. Imagine trying to play. <laughs> But <laughs> gravity, <laughs> he he plays. I don't know if, if anybody, well, a lot of people maybe listen to this who don't know what the pipes are. And That's it, a good point. They float might... away. Sorry, they float away. And that's what I'm saying. Well, they would be strapped to you, but you'd be trying to float, and then the chanter would be kind of floating away. And you, and I don't know if you'd be able to play any music oh, at all. I don't think, Darren. Yeah. I think you'd be wanting to come back straight away. I don't think you'd like the, that the, at all. The slight lack of of breathable atmosphere might also cause a bit of a problem. Well, no, I presume they'd have all that fixed up. You'd have oxygen or something. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. They're, they're not going to send you up there to die, now. are they? No, they're they're talking about living pods and all that. But they are talking about the people who are going would be have to would have to be psychologically trained to be okay with the potential. Are they bringing you back or are you going to stay there? No, no. Certainly, think of it. It's, it's an intergenerational ship. It'll take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to get there. Oh, so I mightn't even get there. I'm oh, just you an idiot. You know. You, all, all you're doing is being the idiot that goes and ha- ha- knocks out a few sprogs and teaches them how to use the, the oh, ship. Oh, right now I see and the importance of that. those sprogs would also have to knock out a few sprogs and they'd have to use the, shop, the ship. <laughs> this is an intergenerational sprog ship. Ah, yeah. Now, fair play to you, lads. Have a good time. <laughs> have at it. I'll do it, but sorry, I'll stay here and see whatever me look goes for me, but I'm see, not going go. there. And I think they, they, they say, you know, in a thousand years, on the, on the website they say, in a thousand years, we will remember the first people who has set, who set foot on Mars. Yeah, good God. luck with that. And it took how many thousand people to get them there? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I, I have another one for you that'll be interesting to you, right? 
Yesterday, right. Mark Zuckerberg, and we won't we won't uh, hold it too long. Then afterwards, Mark Zuckerberg yesterday um, went on Facebook Live. You've heard of that whole live thing? It's, it's I incredible. Have. But all he was doing was, as he called it himself, smoking some meats. So he had this thing called a big green egg, which is doing it, and he had a big gutter machine. I can't really call that. Right. But here's the amazing thing. He had eighty-three to eighty-eight thousand viewers for the duration at that time yeah at, for the duration of his live broadcast good lord now to put it into context twit who would be a very big broadcaster mm-hmm. online might have a few thousand maybe if they're lucky maybe two three thousand for their broad- mm-hmm. broadcast and they're a well-established network the ceo of facebook goes on for a few minutes to talk about himself uh, and he has, a few yeah. meets. And you know, in smoking meats doesn't sound as 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 interesting as it actually mm. was. He he was just basically doing a barbecue, I think. But he was out there yeah. on his own, you know. Um, uh, if if it, you were to believe him, he was just there on his own. I would say there yeah. was a whole support staff there behind the oh, camera making sure yeah. nothing happened. How and technical would he be himself? Oh, like, he's. he's he wrote the first code from for Facebook. He's still writing code. He's incredibly technical. But he actually. I mean, every day, do you think he's every day kind of, does he be on? Based on what he talks about, I would say yes, every day he's, well, not every day, maybe every few days he's looking Mm. at code or writing code or debugging code. Um, But is he actively using Facebook like me and you would? Oh, yeah, yeah. His his life is Facebook. Actually, there was a, um, who was that? Who was that? Um, the, The comedy thing. I forget what it's called now. Ah, oh, damn, I can't remember what the comedy is called. He he got this fella on who was allegedly just walking through the office. But oh. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, right, I've um, heard of him, yeah. Yeah, so he got him, allegedly he was walking through the office. And it, it's a great thing. You should try and Google it, actually, because I did watch the live broadcast. And Mark, during all of his, his broadcasts and all of his videos, he talks about this connected world and how people are great and happy on Facebook and all that. And your man Jerry Seinfeld's going, I don't really use Facebook. I like people. I like actually interacting with people. You have what? Four billion friends on Facebook? I have about 20 friends that I actually speak to and go to and hang out. And how did that go down? It just didn't go down. It went like, it was like Mark couldn't comprehend. Yeah, yeah. This kind of, he's using reality. Yeah, it's great. It's, if you haven't watched that, I really suggest you go and find. Everybody should go and find. Well, it. my last, my 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 last question to you then, it, it it's it's really interesting because sometimes we talk about things and, and we, we tend to talk about things sometimes over a pint or something. But it's very interesting mm. when we talk about things in this way, because you find you're more engaged because you have to be because I'm I want to ask you stuff that I don't know about and maybe other people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But sometimes I could be having a pint and I could be talking to you. Then I could be kind of like people watching, and yeah, somebody yeah, could say yeah, something about some, and and you're kind of go, you what did you say? And you're like, no, I didn't say that. Oh, sorry, no, you were talking oh, yeah. about the bike. No, I wasn't. Thought that's somebody else you're listening to. <laughs> but anyway, my, give me a prediction. You know, give me something in a year or two, or, or even five years, up to five. Years. Give me, give me something right. that is going to really. Do so something for us. In, okay. I, it doesn't have to be in a good or a bad way. Just, just something that you really feel 
Okay, I think, I think AI is going to become much more part of daily life. Now, AI is not artificial intelligence. It's not going to be that intelligent. Mm. It's going to be a little bit helpful, <clears throat> but it's not going to be that intelligent. It'll be well, no, because we're always going to be creating it. So, I mean, we're the intelligence. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, the other thing that's not going to be so useful for us, but it's going to be useful for, as in us as, as blind people, but it will be useful for others, is augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And that is... So imagine your imagine you've a you've a letterbox in on in front of your face in front of your eyes right mm. um it's like you're in a room and in addition to the stuff that's physically in the room there's also stuff virtually in the room but you can see and interact with the virtual stuff and the virtual mm. stuff is interacting with the physical stuff in the room so um somebody explained it to me before as in Designing a three D architecture sitting on that that would be sitting on a table, even though that three D architecture is only in that window that you're looking through, basically. But because you can, it 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 tricks people. I need a cup right? of tea now. Their, yeah, I know their, what you their mean. Their brain, yeah. because they they they're they're living in a visual world. When they see something that looks really real, and they can see it in mm. that kind of three D scape, they can actually say they can. I don't. I don't really understand it, to be perfectly honest. But they can would, actually think of it. It's, it's real. Mm. Well, you, you might understand. I'll give yeah, you an example, would, right? No, I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example very quickly, right? I was in Florida a few years ago. I think I told you this story with my family. It was about sixteen years ago now. It's a good long time. And yeah. They, yeah, they they all walked through this tunnel, and they all started sh- screaming and holding onto the sides <laughs> and going. Ah! What yeah. the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, will you hurry up? Because all I could feel is this wind in my face and loads yeah. of noise and it was just really disorienting and horrible. Yeah, let me out of here, yeah. Come on, hurry up. I can't! If I let go, we're going to fall! Why? We're upside <laughs> down! No, you're what? not. Oh, gosh, you did. <laughs> you're not upside down. You're standing on your feet. How can you, can you not see what I'm saying? No! <laughs> So people really do believe what they oh. see. Oh my god! I yeah. So even though there were there was a whatever kind of a there was some visual... kind of optical illusion or visual illu- illusion that made their yeah. little brains think. I'm sorry. I've been really condescending to people who can see. Which is no, but no, I understand you. Yeah, because yeah, but they they just couldn't understand how this could not be real. They their whole body was screaming to them. That they were actually upside down. When I told them, you're it's a not good job they down. weren't with you when you were in LA trying to cross the what sixty-seven oh, yeah. lane highway. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But when I told them, then they all started to go. Oh, oh, oh I feel stupid now. Yeah, <laughs> go, yeah. yeah. Now I do have a similar story actually, and I'll tell it very quickly. But it's way off the top of, it, of technology. But we can be as people who can see, we can be equally stupid. Um, we, I was on this roller coaster with with. Emma, my wife, a few years ago, and we were flying around the place. It was a really big mm. roller coaster and throwing us every way and all that kind of stuff. And halfway mm. through it, I turned around and went, I thought this goes upside down. And she yeah. shouted at me. And I'm going to take a step back from the mic. We are upside down! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Sometimes we can be just as uh, clueless. And for somebody who knows your wife very well, yeah, I can't imagine her doing that. But God, if she shouted that loud, 
You must have really annoyed her. Well, I annoyed her, but it was also a case of how can you not know that we're upside down? You were, we yeah, were, you were probably fast. still so calm and she's there, uh, you and know, actually, turning all my, sorts of different colours. My shrieking has actually just caused her to come in towards my office here, which actually okay. I should tell people is sound insulated. So that's how loud I had to just scream there. It Yeah, uh, it is. And you won't hear anything from in there. No, you won't hear anything from in here. But she has just poked her head through the door. But she doesn't want to be heard on this podcast, so she's not going to come in, I'm sure. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me to ask you some questions. No problem. Um, and, um... Yeah, I, I will just give two pieces of news. Uh, one, it's Steve Jobs' fifth anniversary. Um, and it should be said that Steve Jobs presided over Apple when they built in all the accessibility features into the iPhone, iPad, uh, the watch you know the the mac os 10 which is so it's a good thing to, to remember fair play to him and if you own a samsung note 7 please do send oh, yeah. it back because they're going on fire the first generation were going on fire when they charged or when they were charging second generation that they replaced are going on fire just for the crack in your pocket do you know the kings of leon song yes you can kind of change the lyrics. Your your note is on your fire. Your note is on fire. <laughs> we should leave it Sorry, on yeah. that note, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for um, being on this um, podcast. Thank uh, you. It's it very random fun. and I really hope it comes out okay. I think it's going to come out great. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do any editing or anything like that. It's going to be fine. Uh, it's a nice informal thing. I didn't think we'd gone so long. Uh yeah, it went on for nearly f- in fifty minutes, so uh, yeah, that's good. Ah, it's you know what? It's good lunchtime listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. find Nikki at www.nikkikeely.com. Find me at www.digitaldara.com. At Nikki Keely on Twitter. That's at N I C K Y K E A. Excuse the website; it needs to be updated quite a bit. Yeah, and at digitaldara.com no, sorry, at Digital Dara on Twitter. That's at D-I-G-I-T-A-L-D-A-R-R-A-G-H. Thank you very much. Mm. 